0: Well, Sears might be facing bankruptcy within weeks unless it makes some immediate moves. That's the message CEO Eddie Lampert seems to be sending as he presented a plan to try and make a last-ditch effort to save the ailing retailer. The board is considering the proposal but time running out with $134 million debt payment due on October the 15th. But even if the company, which includes 820 Sears and Kmart stores, survives this crisis... The question moving forward is, how long can it keep going? With the latest, we are joined here in studio by Barbara Kahn, marketing professor at the Wharton School, and on the phone, Mark Cohen, director of retail studies at Columbia Business School and also the former chairman, CEO of Sears Canada, Lazarus Department Stores, and Bradley's. Barbara, great seeing you again.
1: Yeah, it's fun to be here.
0: Thank you, Mark. As always, great to have
2: you back with us. Hi Dan. Hi Barbara.
1: Hello.
0: So, give us your thoughts, Mark, on, on this la- this latest shot uh, by Eddie Lampert to try and save Sears.
2: Well, this is the candle finally burning its, itself down, and soon to be out. Uh, you know, this is this is a 13-year-long sham that's uh, run its course, about to run its course uh, to the very end. Uh, this last ditch attempt to uh, enable the company to uh, put some cash on its balance sheet to remain solvent uh, purportedly to uh, convince the trade to continue shipping its goods uh, has no bearing whatsoever on the company becoming a, a going concern in the normal course
0: Barbara?
1: I couldn't agree more. This is a this is a finance or a debt reduction kind of move, and yeah. it has nothing to do with trying to correct the underlying problem, which is Sears is a terrible retailer right now.
0: Yeah, and we're talking about in this deal, Mark, uh, they want to try and sell off uh, properties worth, I think it, I saw about $175 million, and other properties as well for about another $150 million. The one interesting part, and, and over the course of the last year or two, when we've had you on to talk about Years specifically, have been the brands, the brands that have been sold off, Mark, and the latest one seemingly is the Kenmore brand, and I guess, Mark, is that kind of the last piece of the puzzle left?
2: It's the last remaining asset of any consequential size. It's worth substantially less than it would have been worth before. Uh, Lampert took possession of the company. He's had it up for sale. Virtually everything in the company's been up Wasn't for sale.
1: Wasn't there a time Amazon was interested in them, in the Kenmore brand?
2: Yeah. I think there was rumor, uh, and it was more that Amazon was considering selling the Kenmore brand. Right. And, in fact, Amazon may yeah. actually sell Kenmore products. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yep. Yeah. But, but the, the the fact is that it's the last leg on the stool of any consequence uh, there's a collection of real estate uh, properties that remain. But of course, uh, you know, selling off the company's principal assets uh, leaves the company with nothing. And that's what's been happening, uh, literally, for the, over the last decade. Barbara?
1: Well, I was just curious, Mark, because you have so much experience with Sears. Was there ever a point that he could have turned this around? I mean, it just seems like, like you said, how many years has it been going on, and he's been making the mo- wrong move, it seems, every single time. Was, did he have a chance?
2: Well, there's been no chance, and there's been no intent. Uh, you have to go back to 2000 when Alan Lacy became CEO on, upon the retirement of um, Arthur Martinez. Lacey spent five years making believe he knew what he was doing, and the company went into a slow decline. Stock price came down, gross margins came down, volume fell off. Uh, He kind of bumbled his way through a catastrophic sale of uh, the the company's credit portfolio. It was, in fact, a fire sale. And then he turned the company over to Eddie Lampert. Uh, Lampert uh, had all sorts of. Theories about how to run the business, uh, largely by withdrawing all conventional investment in in um, uh, capital expense. Um, for about two years, the company looked heroic in its performance. Uh, in that free cash flow exploded, but that of that of course only came from cutting out capital expense and cutting back operating expenses. So that fantasy kind of went on for about a year and a half, two years, and then the business started to decline. And uh, oh, by the way, what did Eddie do with that free cash flow uh, that came from cutbacks? He invested it in derivatives rather than in store <laughs> yeah. and product right. development or in people. Yeah. So, this, this company has not had a viable operating strategy. in. You know, 18 years, certainly in the 13 years that Lampert's been in possession of it.
0: You know, Mark, it's funny because uh, where I live in the Philly suburbs, our mall has a Sears still in it, uh, and it actually still has the old building out back for the Sears Auto. Uh, which was another one of those things that Amazon kind of dipped into, you know, about yeah. building out a place where you could get your battery changed or get, your, tire, tires. get your tires done as well. But but the store itself, Mark, I, I've been, I, I've literally used it. I use it now as a pass through, going to the main part of the mall. <laughs> and, and I hate to say that because I remember the days when you would see a lot of people in Sears stores buying uh, lawnmowers, buying washers and dryers, buying TVs. I can't tell you the last time I saw somebody actually physically shopping in that Sears, Sears store. It literally is a pass-through for everybody going to the mall.
2: Well, the, the, the lifeblood of retail is obviously product. And the, the energy and, and engine that supports product is an organization of merchants uh, supported by store operators and logisticians. The company hasn't had any leadership yeah, that's since but... 2000, yeah. and, and there's no enterprise, whether it's retail or any other kind of uh, activity that can prosper, let alone survive, without effective leadership. The company just hasn't had any.
1: One of the things I'm curious about, a lot of when I read about the Sears thing, is they talk about the Sears catalog and the notion that that was like one of the first times to go direct. It's like a Mm -hmm. precursor of what Amazon ultimately did. And I can't remember when they sold off that catalog. It was a long time ago. But I wonder, you know, like, were they onto something that they missed the road there? Or I'm curious if you have a... Do you remember when the catalog was sold? Or,
2: yes, to put you, yes. Okay,
1: so when so, was that?
2: So, so, so it was the catalog operation was closed in the early 90s.
1: Right uh, when the Amazon catalog, started. <laughs> the, the, the,
2: the catalog operation actually was the original Sears Roebuck. Uh, yeah. Sears Roebuck was the first national catalog retailer. Uh, Post-World War II, Sears developed shopping malls through a subsidiary called HomeArt. In fact, Sears was the prime mover in many of the major malls throughout the United States. Uh, Sears created a credit card, which enabled newly formed households returning servicemen to to buy a refrigerator, which otherwise would have been impossible for them. Uh, Sears was the. These are all
1: ideas uh, before their time, actually. They're, they're things well, people are talking about now.
2: <laughs> it was the prime mover. Now, in 92 or 3, Sears closed the catalog. It was doing about 7 or $8 billion and losing several hundred billion dollars. Uh, Martinez made the determination that it could be fixed, but it would take several years and it would require an enormous investment in capital and energy. And so, he redirected the company's uh, efforts toward its stores network. But you see, uh, in 2000, or in 99 and 2000, Sears moved back into the direct-to-consumer business through Sears.com. And there is no reason in the world why Sears could not have become much of what Amazon is today. It, was- it had the. It didn't have the fulfillment uh, structures because it had closed them, but it had the DNA and it had, most importantly, the reputation and relationship with customers. So Sears should have been a marketplace of consequence in in an omni-channel sense, and it just didn't go there Ooh. because. Lampert didn't see fit to invest in
0: it. Uh, let me ask you both something. Barbara, I'll start with you. I, I mean, when you're in this situation that Sears is in, and obviously, th- as we've talked about, this has played out over a long period of time. What about the companies that are supplying the goods to Sears? I mean, they have to see this as well. And I'm wondering, I mean, because realistically, as again, as I said, as I'm walking through my Sears store to go to the mall, I still see a lot of product there. I would think companies that are trying to sell their product in a Sears store be like, huh, I'm done. Let's get all of our stuff out of there.
1: That's what I think this move was, is to keep these people still supplying po- uh, product. I, that's that's what I believe is why he's doing part of this. Yeah. Because without that, then what does he have at
0: Nothing. all? <laughs> Nothing. Empty store. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, well, maybe, is, maybe it's time sorry. for him to call it, a, you know, a day.
2: Mark, well, he's not going to call it a day until he's wrung the last dollar out of it. Uh, the fact is, he's the company hasn't had any free cash flow in the normal course in years, which is to say free cash flow from normal operations. The only cash the company has been able to put on its balance sheet over the past five, six, seven years is through asset sales and loans that Lampert and ESL have made, securitized against real estate assets. He also sold over 200 stores to a real estate investment trust called Ceritage, where uh, which he is a principal investor in. In fact, Sears, which operated rent free, now pays rent into that uh, uh, into that real estate trust. So, so this has all been about putting cash on the balance sheet to continue uh, to um, appear to be solvent, so as to. Um, Uh, convince vendors to continue to ship. I suspect over the last year or two, most vendors have only been shipping on uh, uh, cash on on delivery or cash in advance basis, or they've been shipping in eyedropper's worth, (laughs) demanding to be paid before new goods uh, uh, are are let loose. And this is a last minute play, because I'll bet you there's a whole bunch of major suppliers who aren't going to ship Holiday goods, which have to go in the next couple of weeks, unless they see some demonstration of liquidity, and right now Sears doesn't have any.
0: Right. So, so then it is and that was going to be one of my questions anyway. Is Sears going to make it to the holiday season, not through, but to the holiday season, Mark?
2: Well, this this whole uh, notion that Lampert has gone to an independent committee of the board seeking approval for this restructure plan is 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 a sham in and of itself because the board is nothing more than a group of rubber stamp artists they've always been they've never exhibited any real independence what independent board would allow a company to be run this way and so my my sense is he's going to get approval by the board to do a transaction in the next couple of weeks to enable him to put more cash on the balance sheet to get this thing through the holiday season, maybe into the first half of next year. Eventually, it's going to have to file. But curiously, when he files for um, um, bankruptcy, since he's the principal creditor, he'll control the bankruptcy process and he'll bring it back out. And he'll bring it back out to strip whatever assets remain that he hasn't been able to encumber yet. You
1: Barbara? know, I read an article about someone who said, I'm going to go to Kmart and just give it a shot because all the other stores are more crowded and nobody's in these stores. I'll yeah. get better service. And the person went into the store and there was nothing on the shelf that he wanted. Yeah, You know, so I don't, I, I just don't, I mean, I understand what you're saying and it's all about him and how he can make money off of this deal. But I don't understand how they can keep these stores open, how they can hire people to stay in the stores, why the vendors will sell product. It just doesn't make any sense anymore.
0: Well, I was going to say, when I, again, the last time I went through one of these stores, you talk about people to hire. Well, I only saw two people working there, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, on two floors. Yeah. So there's not a lot of people to work there. But uh, going back to the Kenmore thing for a second. You know, th- there's been a, 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 a various articles uh, put out that he's talking about trying to buy the Kenmore brand from Sears uh, Holdings for about $400 million. And as you said, Mark, it probably was worth a lot more going back five, five, ten yeah. years. But still, at $400 million, he may be able to quickly flip this, either sell it to Amazon or continue that arrangement, you mentioned, Mark, with Amazon, and be able to make— a a good bit more on that, Barbara?
1: Yeah, I mean, Kenmore is one of their last assets, and it's a real... That's why Amazon's interested in it. It is a real brand. Yeah. But I imagine he can destroy that, too, if he wanted.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, the the prime mover historically behind Kenmore was Whirlpool. Right. Uh, Sears, Roebuck, and Whirlpool had an incredibly um, uh, profitable and successful relationship for decades. Uh, it involved an enormous amount of product development and an enormous amount of marketing, which is why Kenmore became the largest market shareholder in, in major appliances as a brand. Well, you know, about two years ago, Whirlpool walked away from Sears. So, so the, the whole notion that the brand has residual value is a bit specious, but but I think Lampert's smart enough to know that if, if he ponies up $400 million in cash to keep Sears Holdings alive for a bit longer, he's going to get 400000000 million-plus of value back over time in whatever way he, uh, he manages the, the last dying days of Kenmore. You know, I mean, it, it still has an enormous uh, following in terms of customers but you see this is this is an end stage game that's not over yet but it certainly will be. You know and
1: when you compare like think about it it used to be like Walmart, Target and Kmart were kind of the mass merchandisers sure. yeah. and you look at what Walmart is doing and where Walmart is going you look at all the interesting things Target's doing and then you look at Kmart. Yep. You know let alone Sears is a discarded department store. But even Kmart was a viable mass merchant at one point, And yep. it's just amazing how much not putting into, you know, customer value and retail experience can radically change the direction of two retailers. It's kind of shocking to look at it.
2: Mark? Well, look, you know, Kmart was uh, substantially bigger than Walmart or Target back in the day. It's the Kresge company, Kresge Corporation. They were the original discounter, if you will. Uh, the Kmart Corporation had a, had a whole portfolio of specialty stores uh, in a variety of categories, including books. The, this is all about, in my opinion, I, I said it earlier, this is all about leadership or the lack thereof. Yeah. And it is uh, an absolute travesty that there is still some um, conversation coming out of uh, Lampert and his organization about a turnaround.
1: Oh, you're yeah. kidding.
2: <laughs> because be, there, there is no, there never was a turnaround. There never could be a turnaround. This is all about stripping an asset down to the bare walls. And by the way, the store is... Look pretty much there because they don't have a lot of merchandise on the shelves,
1: right?
0: Yeah, and apparently, Mark, in the in the letter to the board uh, about this latest move of trying to restructure the debt, he uses the word "continue the transformation." Oh, jeez. <laughs> so I, you know, that that anybody that even follows this marginally, Mark knows that that is that is not a, not what that is not what's happening here. Yeah.
2: Well, he's been talking about transformation uh, in a variety of ways for over a decade. He's compared the company early on to uh, Apple. <laughs> he's, then, he's then moved into the blame game. So he blamed uh, the disruption caused by the recession. He's blamed the price warring that's gone on. And most recently, he's blamed his. Four-plus billion-dollar pension obligation to yeah. be a principal uh, impediment in holding the company back, as if you know those people who serve for 25 and 30 years are somehow um, responsible causing the company yeah. to fail.
1: No, it's pretty interesting because with Amazon, in my opinion, what Amazon's doing is is pushing the bar up, and all these other retailers, these creative retailers, are responding in very interesting ways. Yep. And shopping experiences, in my opinion, have actually gotten better and better, and we're seeing lots of new ideas. And it is interesting to see, you know, a, a retailer do exactly the opposite. What's the most wrong thing you can do to kill a store? You know, that's almost textbook.
0: Is, is it almost a, a fait accompli, Mark, that that Kenmore is going to to end up with Eddie Lampert, or could you potentially see a Walmart, see a value in that brand, and want to bring that on board?
2: Kenmore has been um, up for sale for years, and so I can't imagine why anybody at this point would step forward.
1: Especially Uh, if Whirlpool stepped out.
2: Yeah. Whirlpool stepped out. Walmart's not in the major appliance business. Uh, the, the the players who might have considered it, I'm sure they, they looked closely at it, would have been Home Depot and Lowe's. Right. And my sense is they've chosen not to. Uh, um, could somebody at the last minute uh, step in? Well, the problem is it's a broken brand. Even though it still has substantial brand equity in customers' minds and hearts, doesn't have the product uh, IQ behind it and it hasn't had that for years so you know, he, yeah, you know my guess is he'll make this transaction happen because frankly the board does whatever he wants them
1: yeah I to mean do. just to change the subject just because I get to talk to you now I'm gonna ask you a question yep. the other you know we're talking about bad brands in my
2: opinion it's yeah. like,
1: we look at amazing retailers and then we look at terrible retailers what is your opinion about JCP, JCPenney like. i
2: i i i think they're uh they're on the same slippery slope as sears for different reasons and i don't think they're going to fail precipitously but they don't have any leadership they 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 had a ceo who was well regarded but for reasons that made no sense he had no relevant experience and he didn't do much to give them are you
1: talking about Ron threat. Johnson or
2: No, John what... Johnson was a village idiot. Yeah. Ellison really <laughs> didn't know what he was doing and and spent 3 years uh basically marking time. Uh Mike Ullman didn't know what he was doing. Uh the company which was a preeminent uh player in the apparel and accessory space and Yeah, used to be malls were
1: Sears and J.C. Yeah.
2: So 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 where are they now? They, I don't think they have any um, calendar, uh, issues coming up where debt comes due and they're, you know, in trouble. I think they've got, uh, some grace on the calendar, but the fact is they don't have an operating strategy. And, and what's most telling is they don't have a leader. Yeah. yeah. Well, they you know, don't I even mean, have
1: I'm, a CEO. Literally they don't, right?
2: They literally don't. The yeah, company right. is, <laughs> is being run by Ron Tyson, yeah. who's a brilliant financial guy. Worked work with him at Federated. Um, but, but, the merchants have no leadership, and the company doesn't have any forward momentum i mean I mean Ellison is held in high regard, but he didn't leave them with any yep. forward momentum of any consequence and And here they are they 're going into the holiday season uh, about to commit most of two thousand and nineteen without any demonstrated success in hand. So I I, I think the prognosis for JCPenney is pretty grim. You
0: know, and and another issue to bring up, Mark, and and we've talked about this with both of you on the show before, is that, you know, assuming that at some point in 2019, Sears does close their doors and whatever properties they actually own that they sell off, there's still a lot of space in these malls, like I said. That, that is going to continue this downward spiral of the mall of the American Mall. Well,
1: I think we're going to see a repurposing. It's going to be multi-use malls, you know, moving into hotel space, apartment space, gym space,
2: That's restaurant a space. A lot of
0: space. <laughs> you. And especially if J.C. Penny is yeah, following right, it right. in that path as well, Mark.
2: Well, you know, there's about a thousand malls at risk. These are the malls anchored by Sears, Pennys, Macy's. Et cetera. Maybe it's 800 at this point. Um, some of them, I think, to Barbara's point, will be successfully redeveloped, but I think the majority of them are really in trouble and aren't going to extract themselves because they don't have enough economic energy to warrant uh, right. the kind of reinvestment uh, uh, that would be required. They're, in some cases, on the wrong side of the tracks.
1: Yeah. You know, these are the so some of its walls. location.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you know these are the original malls in a marketplace that are now the third or fourth destination. And uh, can someone spend enough money to uh, to attract uh, enough interest? For some, yes. For most, I think not.
0: Which means what that-
2: will happen? You know what will they become? they'll become eyesores, yeah. as we are starting to see them become.
0: Which means that it, it not only does this have an impact on Sears and JCPenney, the ones that are really currently in trouble, but it also has an impact on the Macy's, who have so much space, and you know, Macy's maybe is starting to tilt towards that, that downside as well, correct?
2: Well, Macy's has uh, 800 or so stores, and I believe they, they have... Maybe three hundred that are perfectly viable if they can come up with, it. yeah, a, but
1: you know what do you think of, uh, I don't know if we have enough time, but the, they have a leader there, Jeff Gannett it was his name Gannett, I think, um, and he' has a strat Gannett, yeah, and he has a strategy now i'm I i do not think it's perfect, yeah. but it's better than Sears and j c. Penney's strategy
2: he has a strategy that hasn't made itself that that hasn't demonstrated any viability yet
1: i i believe his strategy is like keeping up to trying to raise to customer expectations but it's not a leadership strategy i think he's trying to right some of the wrong some of the thing trying to have better inventory control better customer experience better loyalty program so i think he's trying to you know build up to the bar i don't i don't think he has a leadership yet but i don't think he's as bad as jcp and sears no
2: no, well, look, he's a 30-year veteran of Macy's, and he's in the CEO seat, so the company does have a leadership uh, component, whereas JCPenney has nothing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, then of those, you said 300 Macy's stores that, that have a viable option for them, how many of them are in the traditional mall, and how many of them are locations like here in Philadelphia where it is downtown? Or Amos. Or mall? right, Exactly.
2: Look, if you, if you walk into a Macy's and it looks grim you're looking at a store that hasn't had any investment in years yeah. that, that they've been playing the clock out on financially, and those are the kinds of locations that eventually are going to have to close. Yeah. You know, and Jeanette doesn't have a strategy that I've read or seen to deal with that.
0: Mark, thanks very much for your time today. All the best. Thank you for joining us. You bet. Thank you, Barbara, as always. Great seeing you. Yeah, thank you. I think we will be doing this again in in a few (laughs) months because we know that that wheel is turning. Barbara Kahn from here at the Wharton School. Mark Cohen uh, joining us from Columbia Business School uh, on the phone. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit
2: knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.